Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. I just wanted to start off the episode tonight talking about an update on the Argentinian Argentinian presidential election since I've been talking about that election over the past week or so. Actually, I mean, we've been talking about it for probably like, I don't know, six months at this point, just because there's been a very interesting uh, candidate um, who was doing pretty well, Javier Malay. And he's only interesting to us because he's saying a lot of common sense things about economics and um, politicians and you he's know, talking about inflation and the yep. Argentinian currency being heavily inflated. And he's also a self-proclaimed uh, libertarian, correct? Yep. And he's talking about, um, you know, actual reasons for the currency being um, inflated and being worth less and less by every hour there or less. Um, and I don't know. We just find him pretty interesting. So the election was Sunday. And what happened was because the person who won who wasn't him it was Sergio Massa um because he didn't get enough of the percentage of the vote they're gonna have something called a runoff and he Javier still has a um chance of winning so getting into this article from BBC News says Argentina presidential election Javier Malay and Sergio Massa head for runoff vote And it says, Argentina's economy minister, I knew he was something there already, but for some reason I thought he was like a mayor of some town or something. Maybe he's both, I don't know. Sergio Massa has defied expectations by winning more than 36% of the vote in Sunday's presidential election, putting him on course for a runoff contest with far-right candidate Javier Malay. Which, from what I've seen, I think it's pretty freaking silly to call him far right. Like, yeah, he definitely has some like left leaning um, things that he says as well. Like, yeah. like most libertarians do. I feel like it is very common that if you're a libertarian, you get classified as um, a far right extremist, right? Just, or sometimes a lefty, depending on the day. Yeah, right. it, it really depends on who is you know labeling you, right? So if you have a yeah. conservative, they're gonna be like, "Oh, you believe in um, people being able to do drugs and whatever that side of freedom." You're a leftist. You're a communist. And then if you, <laughs> you know, believe in a free market and those sorts of things, then uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. So and then that's the thing too is though people get lost in this left right paradigm when it's really not a left right paradigm. It should be like a political compass of sorts. You know this. Yeah. This diamond shaped paradigm of hey i'm either you're authoritarian or less authoritarian or you know whatever it, it's not this left right paradigm that we've been taught to believe team red team blue it's yeah. just ridiculous so. i mean I, those are like the same thing anyway nowadays yeah yeah i i don't really think that anything in life can be simplified like that you know what i mean it's just black and white thinking really is what yeah, it is. exactly it's, it's we can't simplify people down to black and white thinking either because we're all nuanced we're all in mm-hmm. this weird gray area in life yeah, absolutely. Well, either way, um, Javier Malay, um, I wouldn't describe him as a right-leaning person, even in the way you think of right-leaning. Being a, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that at all. He's not someone who seems to want to... He 
obviously is not a conservative. He wants yeah. things to change. Well, he wants to change their... He wants to get rid of their central bank. He wants to fire most politicians. Yes. I mean, he's not... Which a, isn't really right-leaning right. things. It's not I conservative think, at all. I think people think that because whenever you talk about the reduction of the powers of the state and of the government, I think people, like, they... Because, like, being a conservative, right? Like, that would be, like... Technically, what they they think they believe in is reducing the powers of the state. Like that Hmm. was like what they were supposed to be about. Obviously, we know, especially in America, like that's not true. Sure, the same as you know in most countries. Um, But I think whenever you talk about reducing the powers of the state, that feels more right leaning or conservative to people. But it's definitely been a thing since at least 2020, like hardcore, where if you say anything like, oh, the government shouldn't have power over our lives, it's going to immediately um, get you called a right winger, like no matter what. But yeah. I feel like it hadn't been so much that before 2020, because now people have categorized themselves into I'm a Democrat because I trust the government completely blindly and if they say something I'm just going to do it and you're yeah. a conspiracy theorist if you don't and that may have been there a little bit before 2020 but it wasn't so like any time you say the government's doing something wrong yeah. you're right winger yeah I think um, it's more it's definitely more in your face now like yeah. people say oh you're, you're you're a white right winger for wanting to reduce the size of government it's like no like the left wingers they I mean Democrats and people who align with the left, they always used to talk about getting the government out of specific industries like um, the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't want, they don't like, yeah. the left did not like big pharma. Totally. They and do. they totally flip flopped recently. Right. And I think that Donald Trump, uh, I think Donald Trump running and especially being elected, I think that really um, stirred things up a bit and really exacerbated the like left right divide. I have this article from M or WMUR, and Ian actually told me about it. I uh, guess he saw it on the TV in jail. Ian's my husband, the founder and a co-host of the show who's in jail right now awaiting being transported to federal prison for selling Bitcoin. And if you want more information about that, you can go to thecrypto6.com. He's, he's in prison for eight years, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. and Mrs. America, this is a case that Mm-mm. didn't get covered by mm. your media because, well, they don't want you to know about it. They don't want you to know that someone got in prison for Bitcoin or whatever. Right. I mean, America is supposed to be all about free enterprise and, oh, anybody can make it in America. Um, and, and the government doesn't just control every facet of your life, including, you know, what kind of money you want to use. Oh, no, in America, we're free. We have freedom here. Right. And then they prosecute Ian and lock him up in a cage for buying and selling Bitcoin. They claim he was getting filthy rich. But, you know, I I know his house and I've, I've, I've been here enough times to know that he's not filthy rich. Right. And the other thing is just. I mean, it, it shouldn't that shouldn't put someone in in jail because you made money. Right. And, but for whatever reason, people can, especially juries, can just easily be influenced to believe that if someone, you know, made money and they're not the government, well, then that's bad. How can people not see through that and realize that makes the government seem like the mafia? Like, oh, if someone's making money, it's not us. How can people not realize how held down they're being because of policies like that? Like you're anytime somebody puts someone in jail for something, when you're on a jury and you put someone in jail for something, you should consider your family and friends and yourself getting put in jail for the same thing because you're creating like a precedent and you're giving the government the power to do this to people. Like, it's so obvious to me. 
But most people are way too freaking stupid because of public school systems. Like I, most I wouldn't people. blame the public school system and blame people for being stupid. It's just when you live in a world where you've been told, hey, you got to respect the office of the political leaders, even if, the, even if you well, disagree with them. Well, they're indoctrinated. Yeah, I think that's what public school centers are. They're, pu- yeah. they're public indoctrination centers. You know what I mean? So they're, they're definitely indoctrination centers. And, you know, when people get indoctrinated with the ideas of the state, they tend to think that, hey, you know, the state is generally the good guy and knows best. Right. And I think that that's a huge problem. I think that the people who break through that, because it's not like no one that goes to public school breaks through it, like plenty of people who went to public school from kindergarten to 12th grade can see through stuff. And, and it always like brings such joy to my heart when I see people like that who, you know, totally should have just been indoctrinated because they were there all 13 years and they just don't fall for all the stuff. I, I love that. So because there are people that can break through it, it's why I call people stupid who don't. It's like you don't have the mental, um, you know, strength. to. Or well, maybe, they might, but it's it's uncomfortable. Maybe they haven't you learned know? how to think for themselves and question authority. But that's the thing. Like these other people shouldn't have. These other people who were also indoctrinated their whole life shouldn't, shouldn't have. So what what's different? I think that some people have more curiosity and yes less fear and but the thing is like giving into your fear can end up with you being stupid and you can say i'm gonna stop giving into my fear and become more smart it's not like it's a permanent state that's what always so that's what it is right like fear inhibits growth right exactly and and that's that's the thing about whenever i say people are being stupid like the people every single person on ian's jury was stupid and i can say that and i don't care the thing that pisses, not pisses Ian off, but like makes him go, whoa, 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 whenever I say that, is he acts like I'm saying, oh, they're born with this quality, they're stupid, and they can never change, and he will fight me over that, but it's just like, I believe that there are people who can, you know, anybody who's stupid, I'm not talking about people who are retarded or like born with a disability, I'm talking about people who, like that affects their brain, I'm talking about just at people who were born basically about the same um, opportunities as everyone else, they can allow themselves to be stupid. And I don't really feel bad about saying that because I also believe that if they tried or cared or wanted to, they could get less stupid. It's I not mean, like I, I think I would even go further than that. Um, a lot of those people, not only were they, I think they were either stupid or they were acting incredibly unethically. We were just about to get into this article from WMUR about New Hampshire. Um, It says that New Hampshire is among some states that are suing Meta, which is the new name for Facebook and everything Facebook owns, I guess, over social uh, uh, networks' alleged harm to children's mental health. Which is kind of funny because it's almost like it sounds just from the headline like New Hampshire acts like they own the children. Like, oh, you harmed yeah. our children. And also... It um, sounds like the state wants to tell social media companies that, hey, yeah. you got to parent... You, you got to you gotta be the parent here instead of saying, parent. hey, parents... It just like doesn't make any children. sense because I feel like Meta has no obligation for children's well-being. Right. right. It really does And they do have... They have, um, uh, maybe not with Instagram, but definitely with Facebook, there's an age restriction. I think you have to be at least 18... Um, obviously, they're not like checking identification or anything, but you have to check off a box like I'm at least 18 years old. Not sure about Instagram and all those things, but so I think that would get rid of any liability. I just don't. It just right. seems strange. And uh, not to mention that they have um, parental controls 
I'm pretty sure. Well, I could be wrong. I don't have a Facebook and um, I haven't like created. I don't a think new so because Instagram. kids aren't supposed to be on Facebook. You're supposed to be at least 18 mm. years old. Is well, it 18? But, um, yeah, it is 18 for Facebook because you're supposed to be in college. Well, that was the original Facebook, right? It was yeah, how it to was connect the with other college Facebook, students. But I think it's probably changed since yeah, then. Yeah, I remember yes, but being last I checked a long time ago, but I don't know if it's changed. Last I checked, it was supposed to be 18. Because um, I remember when I made a Facebook when I was 13, 14 years old, I lied about my age. Hmm. So now my Facebook actually says I'm older than I am because when I created it several years ago, I lied about my age to get on Facebook. And I'm sure most of the 13-year-olds on Facebook are also lying about their age. I'm sure too. Well, let's get into it. It says that dozens of U.S. states... Oh, I thought it was only these three. But it says dozens of UH, um, sorry, U.S. states, including New Hampshire, California, and New York, are suing Meta Platforms, Inc. for harming young people's mental health and contributing um, the youth mental health crisis, cr- contributing to, it's missing word there, by knowingly designing features on Instagram and Facebook that addict children to its platforms. Look, there's no doubt that social media is addicting. Yeah. And there's no doubt that you get a dopamine hit every time you get, you know, validated on social media. But at the same time, is it the government's responsibility to no. step in and stop and, this? And, either, and it's not Meta's responsibility either. Even if 12-year-olds were allowed on Facebook, that is a parenting issue. I agree. It's a parenting if, issue. If kids are being harmed by this one it's none of the business of the state if children are being harmed by social media but at the end of the day this is a parenting issue if an individual thinks that their child is being harmed by social media then you as a parent should educate your child about either safe use of the internet or setting some boundaries with them and not allowing them to to be on the social media but and These teaching. days, we're like giving tablets to like babies, literally right. babies. Like people are putting their babies in front of a tablet, and they have YouTube Kids playing, and it's just it's not good. So it's like, how are you going to set those boundaries when your children, when they're literally addicted, right? Well, and that's the thing and- too. And it's like, um, we're we're literally yeah, like we are giving young kids brain damage. Like two year olds are not supposed to be looking at TV screens for as long as they are. And that content is literally giving children brain damage, but that is no business of the state. That is a parenting issue. Honestly, if you don't care and you want to be uneducated and give your kid brain damage and be a lazy parent, that's your business. Like, I don't, I mean, it's your kid. It's not my problem. Right. But the thing is too, so I have, I come from a large family. I have three brothers and three sisters. And as I've observed my siblings parent their children, I don't have children myself. And as I've observed my siblings parent their children they've learned how to set boundaries for their kids making sure they're not on their tablets or in front of the screens all the time they got chores to do they have to do their chores and things like that so you know to me they're better parents than than the government obviously and so i think their kids are gonna be a lot better prepared for social media yeah i'm sure and i'm sure that there are plenty of parents that have terrible um skills with that but i just don't see why we're paying people to sue private companies to make them act a certain way yeah to protect those people's children no, and that's the thing like i really at the end of the day it is not meta's responsibility to protect your kids like if you right. want to if, if somebody's concerned about it take away their phone like i don't know what to tell you right in addition to the 33 states nine other attorney generals including new hampshire attorney general john formella 
are filing in their respective states, bringing the total number of states taking action to 42. So what is the real reason why they're doing this? Because, you know, 42 states don't care about the children. Right. So I, I'm just wondering what the ulterior motive is behind this. There definitely and, is one. Like, but also More like, control what, over Meta. They want to be able to say what it, Meta can have probably, on this platform, probably. Because Meta is becoming too powerful and too successful. But I, like, what are they... So what do they... What is the expected end result of this? Some kind of control of... Business is probably is what I would guess, you know, because it, it's a, that's what they're trying to do. They're, it, people don't think of social media as a business because it's not, you know, like a brick and mortar shoe store or something like that. But ultimately, if you're taking them to court, you're probably going to do something that impacts other people's business. I would guess that would just be my guess. I have no idea. But it says kids and teenagers are suffering from record levels of poor mental health and social media companies like Meta are to blame, said New York Attorney General uh, Letitia James in a statement. Meta has profited from children's pain by intentionally designing its platforms with manipulative features that make children addicted to their platforms while lowering their self-esteem, she says. And it's just interesting to me because it's like, so you could say the same thing about video games, not that I would think that it would be right or good for governments to go after video games for this, but they're literally intentionally designed to be addictive, especially like, you know, phone games, like Angry Birds, um, you know, all those little things that are just like, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and um, you basically have to be addicted to be doing that, and the, I don't see how, it would be pro- pretty easy to prove that they did it on purpose, you know, because they, they re- you know, um, research what things make people keep coming back. I mean, everything, every business kind of does this. They do yeah. research. They see what makes people keep coming back. Well, it's, it's not a crime. Part, it's part of marketing. Right. You know. It says, in a statement, Meta said it shares the Attorney General's commitment to providing teens with safe, positive experiences online and have already introduced over 30 tools to support teens and their families. We're disappointed that instead of working productively with companies across the industry to create clear, age-appropriate standards for the many apps teens use, the attorney general have chosen this path, Meta added, or the company added. The broad-ranging suit is the result of an investigation led by a bipartisan coalition of attorney generals from California, Florida, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Nebraska, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Vermont. It follows damning newspaper reports, first by the Wall Street Journal in the fall of 2021, based on Meta's own research that found that the company knew about the harms Instagram can cause teenagers, especially teen girls, when it comes to mental health and body image issues. And again, it's like a parenting thing. Mm-hmm. It's just really not their responsibility. I mean, I was totally damaged by social media Tumblr. I mean, that it was way more toxic for me than Instagram or definitely Facebook ever has been. You know why Tumblr, I, in my opinion, seems so bad? It seemed like everyone I knew that was really into Tumblr. I had one for a while. It just wasn't my thing. I, I And I noticed this trend, even just looking at it a little bit by myself, was that it um, really made people want to be depressed and yeah. have not just um, depression, but like... Um, it, glorif- disorders. it glorified it, right? Yeah, and I think, mental disorders of all yes, kinds. Yes, exactly. It, it, glor- it like romanticized it. Right, that's the, um, that's the word. And, and the thing with Tumblr is, depending on what sect of Tumblr you're in, like I'm sure there's like some spiritual stuff that's really, really cool. Um, 
But if you're in like that depressed eating disorder, self-harm side of Tumblr or whatever, you know, insert toxic thing here. There's it's going like to exacerbate um, it, it sounds like. Well, yeah, that and I think it t- kind of turns into an echo chamber. So like typically when you make a Tumblr, and so it's a, for people who don't know, it's a social media that's basically like you can design your, web. it's kind of like a website, like where you can design your layout of your website um, and then you, it's essentially full of photos. Like it's mm-hmm. very big on the photos, uh, not so much written content like or blog. anything like that. Yeah, but it has like yeah. micro blog little links in it. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I think it's, my girlfriend, my girlfriend Alana has a Tumblr account. At least she mm-hmm. may have at one point. I don't know yeah. if she has one now. So, but, anyway. um, but with Tumblrs, like typically, like if you're making the account, like you stick to a theme, right? Um, so if you're in that theme of like black and white depressing photos or whatever, that's all you're going to be seeing and you kind of get stuck in this echo chamber. And I think anytime you're in an echo chamber, whether it's in real life or on social media, it can be very, very toxic. They said that by it's based on Meta's own research that found that the company knew about the harms Instagram can cause teenagers, especially teen girls, when it comes to mental health and body image issues. So we started talking about how Tumblr was a thing when Nikki and I were in middle school and high school. And, you know, maybe those things are true. And I absolutely, I believe that those things are true about um, Tumblr and even Instagram. Yeah. Um, But um, it just doesn't seem to us like something that um, the government should be suing a company over. So you women are a lot younger than I am. (laughs) I, when I was in high school, I think MSN Messenger was the big thing, maybe AOL. Yeah. These sorts of things. I didn't hear about MySpace and that sort of thing and, and Facebook until I was in college. So hmm. it's just interesting to me hearing about all these social media companies coming on board and we're using them more and more in our daily lives when I didn't grow up with social media until, you know, I entered college. So, you know, I can understand how social media can affect people. But at the same time, you know, it's it's getting back to parenting. It's getting back to hey, you need to parent your child and get the government out of parenting your child. You got to take responsibility for your child. I mean, like, for example, there were video games when you were a teenager and oh, yeah. everything. And I'm sure that... Oh, that, they things... were blamed for violence. They were blamed for yeah. all sorts of yeah. things. The media has been blamed for, you know, ruining people's lives. I mean, or... um, just on uh, Sunday, we were talking about how music, um, how a lot of music was blamed for, you know children's Satanism. behaviors yep. and all this stuff and it's like yeah you can't really blame music but a like, song it's not reverse De- is going to teach a child how to worship satan nah. yeah like exactly <laughs> like it's not d snyder's fault that you don't know how to parent your kid right you know what i mean right so like even though social media wasn't around when riley was growing up or when maybe the listener was growing up some of them um i think they can still kind of understand that maybe there is other kids in your neighborhood that were addicted to video games and it was affecting them badly but then there were other uh kids in your neighborhood whose parents you know limited their amount of video games um and it just it could be taken care of without government involvement is basically all i'm saying and um we all understand that here but it's kind of why we're bringing up this topic the Um, thing about addiction is everyone has some kind of addiction whether it's caffeine whether it's work Every addiction has its flavor, and some people say some addictions are better than others. Like, if you're a workaholic, some people are going to praise the hell out of you. That's such a good point. Um, and and that's the thing I was thinking earlier when they were saying, oh, it's addictive. It's like, oh, is that, like, a crime in and of itself? Like, 
companies for ages have been studying ways to get you to want to keep coming back and keep drinking their Coca-Cola or whatever it is. It doesn't right. even have to be a, a physical addiction like when they put cocaine in Coca-Cola, but just what is going to pe- cause people to really enjoy the feeling of going to Starbucks or, or going, it doesn't even have to be a, a thing you ingest, like going to this store and shopping again and again. They, they've been researching that for a long time. It's not a crime. It says, going on, it says, one internal study, uh, internal meaning meta conducted it, cited 13.5% of teen girls saying Instagram made thoughts of suicide worse and 17% of teen girls saying it makes eating disorders worse. Which is just like teen girls said a thing. Doesn't really sound very... I mean, maybe these are very credible. Maybe they're more exacerbated, but at the same time, it's still, you know... Parents need to have these conversations through children. And this is the thing, too. Like, the the issue was already there. um, And it's just really not meta or anyone else's responsibility. It's a personal issue. Um, It's a parenting issue. Like, parents need to support their children. If your kid has an eating disorder, get them therapy or, you know what I mean? Like, these things don't just happen out of the blue um, because of social media. I, I know even, like, public school... You know how many friends I have with kids that are in public schools and maybe, you know, they're high schoolers and how many things they get encouraged to do. Um, You know, like how many kids are like, oh, I'm in high school and I'm bisexual or I'm a lesbian because like that's the cool thing to do. And then um, and of course, like experimenting is fine, but they kind of take on the identity of their peers to be accepted. It is human nature, but it's definitely um, in a lot of public schools. There's a lot of bad stuff happening. There's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of, you know, unsafe sex, things like that. And it's very easy for children to be encouraged to make some bad decisions. Um, In some schools, self-harming was cool. Unscreened caller, what's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. My name is Ridley, and I oh, am also known, as Rid- also known as Ridley in New Hampshire. It's good to hear your voice, Ridley. Thank you. What's so, on your um, mind tonight? I promised that I would call in again with like an update on uh, all of the adventures that I had on October second and third. You know, I went on a Ridley rampage, and you know, went to a bunch of government meetings and tried to film and see what would happen. Um, and uh, so something interesting happened uh, on the 3rd uh, while I was at Concord um, School Board. So I stood uh, right outside the building and just questioned school board members as they were going in. And um, one of the questions I, I, I like asking that I haven't, been asked, I haven't asked in the past is, you know, like how many, do you have a sense of how many people have been unable to continue living in their houses because of your school tax? Wow. Yeah, how many that's people a, that's a tough question. Tax? Has, has that, how many people has that kicked out of their house? Do you have any sense? And so the, uh, the first, I think it was the first lady who I asked this question to, she started answering like, uh, oh yeah, we don't, uh, no, I don't know, uh, we don't keep records or something like that. And you're not allowed to film me. <laughs> <laughs> They're so that, silly. They really believe that you're not allowed to film them in public while they're being public <laughs> officials. No. They're not aware that, you know, here in New Hampshire, at least, you know, we we libertarians are willing to push, quote unquote, public officials by getting them on camera and having them answer questions like Ridley does. He's very good at it. And you're absolutely legally allowed to. So it's just so silly. They're so ignorant. Anything else, Ridley, that you uh, anything else interesting that happened? 
so that wasn't the end of it. Um, so uh, she she goes storming into the into the you know the the uh, boardroom wherever they meet, um, and um, other people were trickling in, you know, other board members, and I was asking them the same kind of question basically. Um, and um, uh, then board members started coming out of the board meeting to confront me and tell me that that film that I got of them ten minutes ago, I'm not allowed to use that on my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. By what? Um, just because they're saying that they they think that they can just say it and that makes it true, or are they saying that um, there's a law that says that? I don't understand. So the first lady who went in said, "Well, this is a two party consent state. You know, she's saying that you're not allowed to film unless you get the you know or to audio record at least if you unless you get uh, the permission of the person who you're recording, um, hmm. which." You, if you if you read the law, some people, including some police departments, will misinterpret it that way sometimes, and that's how some of us have been arrested. You know, for filming, that's never been what I've been charged with when I get arrested. But um, it's usually something more like you know distribution of handbills or uh, uh, disorderly conduct for failing to turn the camera off or something like that. And then later, the um, people, the entity that arrested you for distribution of handbills, I'd just like to point out, later they said, oh, that's not illegal, like 10 years later when you went back and tried to get arrested <laughs> for it again. Right. Yeah, that was, that's the feds, the feds in that case. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the people were just, you know, she was just misinterpreting the law and spreading her misinterpretation to as many board members as she could. Uh, so they kept coming out to try and, you know, intimidate me and then they would try to intimidate me into filming their intimidation attempt <laughs> or, or, or you were trying to intimidate me into not filming the intimidation attempt itself. Oh, right. um, so you're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. Um, and um, uh, after that, I just went and filmed it. I thought, well, I better stay outside here for a while or stay around for a while because the police might show up and that might be another interesting video. Um, but apparently they never did, you know, maybe they called, I don't know if they called the cops or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if Concord TV by now was, would be, would answer a call like that by saying, so you're upset that a guy with a, a video camera is asking you a question while you're at a public, you know, you're in, walking into a public meeting. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to be dispatching. We're not going to be dispatching the SWAT team over that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also our patron saint, um, of, recording um public officials carla garrick made it obvious and clear to them that they're allowed to be recorded cops so i'm pretty sure they're just like um i'm pretty sure that's not illegal we know for sure that we are allowed to be filmed so you probably are too that's what i would think at least that's kind of a joke yeah, calling her stuck, uh, she's, a, she's a free stater who's stuck probably 50 grand out of the Ware police department because they are you know changed her to a poll over over holding a video camera in her hand. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Sarah, are you there now? Well, we have a, a city council candidate who lied about his prison record here in oh. Albuquerque. Wow. Okay. 
Well, um, so you remember, remember Pena? Remember he was um, a convict a while ago that was running for state representative and he shot out other, um, other candidates' house before? Yeah, you oh. talked about that when I, at least I think Ariana and I were on, maybe, maybe Nikki remembers, but there was a candidate that shot at another candidate's house when his like, oh, wife yes. was home. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. This. In New Mexico, yeah. Well, but with that, uh, now, now we have a candidate who's lying about his prison record that he never went to prison. Huh. So he said Ow. he was homeless. He had a heroin addict now um, just to kind of um, like make himself more real to the people in that district. Like he was homeless. He was a heroin. Hmm. Now he's a barber. And so they found no record of being in prison in Santa Fe. That Okay. I thought you so, were going to say the opposite. So he's he said he was in prison, oh. but he wasn't. That's correct. That's, that's correct. That is so strange. I, I, that I, I, is strange. Like, why would he want to <laughs> like, claim that he's in prison? Yeah, when that's he like the wasn't. opposite of what anyone real, else would like do. She's saying, yeah, like, he's trying to be relatable. relatable. Right? It's so oh funny. That is strange. Wow. He like tattoos a, a teardrop on his face. Right. Look like he's been in <laughs> like prison. a gang member. Yeah, that's it's, pretty it's funny. Interesting. You know, politicians just love to be relatable. I guess. So what do you call that when they do that? You know how they people hide their DWI and they hide their bad stuff that and the record. I oh never, but they lie about it. So they could they can went for office. In this case, they're fabricating their prison record that they never they never went to. That's really funny, actually, Sarah. Um, I I I think that it's lying, and I think it's um immoral to lie to get votes. But I also don't think that the government should you know like go after him and you know give him a real. Uh, jail sentence over it or anything like that. Um, I just think people should laugh at him for lying and not vote for him, I guess. He should just suffer regular consequences for it. Well, the thing is that since um, he's on the ballot, his name's Abel. I don't know, his uh, Otero or something. So um, so once he's on the ballot, you can't take it off. So hmm. the election has been going on. So what he's going to do, he can't canvas. He cannot go knock on doors. I'm running for so-and-so. I'm so-and-so. And then all of his people have to stay out of it. But the thing is, I think he has to be, he must be our guy that was supposed to vote. Because the Pat Davis, the counselor before, the vacating counselor, has uh, said that he's the, he's the one that I endorse. So, you know. If Pat so you're going to vote for this guy that's lying? The thing is, I well, yeah, he's relatable. The, well, the thing is, is that um, I can't vote. I don't have a counselor. I'm I'm the oh. odd, the uh. one, three, five, seven. Were those are the even people? Okay. So, and then I think the KKOB is a Republican station, and they've been beating up on it pretty bad. So that you have to vote for the ones that they beat up on. They don't vote for that person, and then you go out, you go out and vote for uh, the op. Yeah, whoever they tell you not to vote for. Because a Republican, you have to vote for that person. So I'm thinking he must be the guy. I I don't know. I'm so, so confused. So wow. Sarah, can I ask you a question? What's so new about yeah. politicians lying? Uh, it's uh nothing nothing kind of new. Okay. But um, <laughs> if he lies, and then how come the Pat Davis is the is endorsing him? I mean, he must be like the best candidate. I don't know that person, but I think it's a pretty interesting uh, way to pick a candidate, um, Sarah. It's not like reverse on... psychology. Right. It's not like you actually like the person. In fact, you know he's a liar and kind of weird, but you're voting for him because, well, Republicans don't like him. 
Well, I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't have a counselor seat. Oh, sorry, it's but. A, if I was in District 6. I see what you're saying. It'll be a dilemma. I, I don't know, I'm going to have to do, <laughs> ask around, do some research. It's like, who do I vote for? What, what's the, I mean, who's the best one? You know what I mean? Because that, that'll be stressful, but I'm, I'm not voting for that guy. But I think it's so silly. It's so comical. I think um, we're making like national news of like the most ridiculous candidates <laughs> in the nation. Oh, I'm sure. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. I remember, and I've shared this on the show before, but I remember um, when my ex-boyfriend went to jail and I went there to visit him, I was so shocked because when I walked in and was like walking down the hallways and stuff, I was shocked that it looked exactly like the public schools I went to. The same like weird, um, like large bricks, the same color paint, the same floors, like they used all of the same materials Hmm. to build the jail as they're building. And it's not like, you know, some of this is common building materials. So like what are you walking to your friend's house and they have the same, you know, Wall. Yeah, yeah, wall as you, you're not going to be like, wow, this is ridiculous. You have drywall in your house. Um, I know what you mean. But they're kind of like unique things that you don't necessarily see in other buildings. Um, And then I heard later on that, um, because this was before I, you know, this was before I was a libertarian or anything like that when when that was all happening. Um, But then later on recently, I heard that the same architect Hmm. was used to build... Um, some of the schools in the area, like specifically some of the schools in the area and that county jail. <laughs> and I was like, well, that makes sense because they look exactly the same. It doesn't surprise me at all. So many government buildings in Texas, like the few I ever had to go to, like I never even got pulled over in Texas, mm-hmm. looked like my school as well. I've never Googled it, but it was probably be the same architect that built that. And um, I, I know what you're talking about. The other thing I always compare it to is Whenever I go to visit Ian, it smells in there like it does in military buildings. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just like going wow. and visiting my dad at his office. Yeah. See, I wouldn't know that. But um, I guess where Arya is being held is a converted Air Force base. Oh, wow. Maybe not oh, Air Force, but it's a converted uh, military building, which makes sense because that whole area is like, I mean, they have like Fort Devons over there. So it's like mm-hmm. very heavily like military area like they do a lot of um like the national guard is over there and stuff hmm. that that makes just so much sense to me like even the cops when i have to deal with them which is just like when they check me in they smell like military people to me i think it's like boot shine or shoe shine or whatever that's so strange and um i i think that's all i had to say about it i don't know why i said and just basically <laughs> it, is, it irritates me so much that you can't send someone in jail just like a pack package of like food you want them to eat or that they want to eat because oh they're being punished for selling bitcoin you can't just uh not eat poison for eight years it's really freaking annoying and it's also terrible that they're you know not that people are being forced to send their kids to public school like people are forced to be go to jail but still if you're if you are sending your kids to public school and you assume that they're feeding them nutritious things and oh well michelle obama took care of that didn't she and they're just actually feeding them a bunch of poison and like well, neurotoxins. Well, also the rumor is that Michelle Obama said that ketchup is a vegetable. And oh wow, yeah, I, I, I kind of remember people talking about yeah, that. I don't think that's true. Ketchup pretty, is not a vegetable. Definitely a condiment made from a fruit of a vegetable or fruit, technically. Yeah. So made from, but uh, that makes it even. Funnier. But if you look at the first ingredient in ketchup, I don't think it's going to be tomato. Probably not. Um, probably not the Heinz one that they get. Nope. Well. In this article about Utah suing TikTok and, and telling them that they ha- must respond to a subpoena or they're going to get um, contempt of court, um, it goes on and it says, 
But according to Utah Solicitor General Melissa Holyoke, a number of those questions remain unanswered. Sorry, I don't know what questions. It says how the company prohibits nudity, sexual solicitation, and what information the company collects from users when they created an account. Geez, why couldn't you just ask these questions instead of subpoenaing someone to go to court? I wonder if it's in the terms of service or the or the privacy policy that TikTok has. With yeah, or like anywhere else that the government could just find it themselves. Yeah. Um, it says, during a hearing Wednesday, third district court judge Mark Chorus warned attorneys for TikTok that it risks being found in contempt if it doesn't respond by a newly set deadline. Um, quote, I do find that TikTok is in breach right now, and this is the way... They'll, that they'll obviously purge that contempt charge, unquote. Cora said, referring to newly set deadlines for the company to respond to Utah's inquiry. So my question is right now, if TikTok is found in contempt of court in Utah, what's going to happen? Alu from New Hampshire. Alu, what, what, what is on your mind? Hi, guys. I heard a few nights ago Brad, the cop from New Hampshire or Massachusetts, called in. Ex-cop. And he's... Yeah, ex-cop, sorry. And he said that Free Talk Live converted him, I think, which is great. Um, but So he mentioned that he's a minarchist, which is a libertarian who believes in some government, but very minimal. Oh, um, um, do you yeah. mind? Do you have um, the radio on in the background? I can kind of hear. Like, I don't, but I'm on speaker. So sorry. I'm well, worried. can you get off speaker and give us Yeah, do you mind? It's just even when you talk, it was like kind of bad audio. That's all. If, if you can do it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Perfect. Sorry, it Much better. Um, I'm just. I'm driving. I don't want to admit to a crime, but it is not on speaker now. So, <laughs> <All right. I'm, laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so he mentioned a few things. He said he you know, believes in, in liberty and small government, but for a few tiny areas like all of traffic law right. and um, all of like gun control for really, you know, uh, weapons that could be really damaging, mass casualty type stuff. And I think a few other stuff he said he believes the government should exist. Um, right. But I wanted to counter that. I've actually written about this in, in a bunch of books. Oh, the sales tax. That was the other big one. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my book, in my book, Taxation is Theft, that is being published right now in process on Audible as well, but it's available on paperback and ebook on Amazon. Um, I explained all the taxes, all the different types of taxes and why we don't need them and how we can actually live just fine without any taxes. And a big government, if you want it, can still function even without any taxes at all. So I explained that. So no, we don't need a, a big sales tax that Brad the Cop mentioned, but he mentioned traffic laws, which is a, a pretty controversial thing. And he said um, that we need some traffic laws, or he said most traffic laws should still be in place. I've written about it in a few, I think, presumed guilty. I have a whole chapter on uh, traffic laws and how we should abolish every single one or every single one except maybe reckless driving because that encompasses everything that could be at all dangerous. Um, so most of it, every other traffic law could be abolished easily. Right. And the other thing about it is, um, even though he said that, I think Richie Rich probably made this point, if not um, Peakless Mountaineer. Um, those were the co-hosts on with me Saturday whenever Bragg called in with this idea. Um, the thing that they are, they did bring up, one of them, was that, so Brad's reasoning for saying this was, oh, well, I've stood in brains because of drunk drivers or just like uh-huh. bad drivers. You and know, who, you know what, who else has seen, has seen brains on the street? Probably you. <laughs> Yes, a certain anarchist who also worked in the MS for 12 years. But the, yeah, in, in New the York, point that they made was that it's already illegal, and yet he was still standing in brains. I don't think laws are going to stop people from driving drunk, from ac- you know having accidents. And, yep. Um, yeah, that's a great point. 
Oh, sorry. I thought you had something else to say. Yeah, no. And then the third massive issue that he brought up was uh, weapons of mass destruction. He mentioned nukes and other stuff and other uh, chemical warfare type stuff. I actually, we addressed that in an article. Um, the great Michael Sinello wrote an article for Liberty Block years ago, essentially saying, yes, the Second Amendment on principle protects nukes, um, the, the natural right to property and to self-defense and to uh, weapons, um, also protects all weapons, including nukes, and the founders would have protected it. But he said on a practical level, nukes should be legal because, um, as I think Tiklas and a few others excellently said the other day when they answered him, um, right now the people who have nukes are the absolute worst people to have them, like Joe yes, Biden, right, Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping. Yeah. So if, if, if it should be regulated or, or, or limited to only a few people, the last people on earth who should be the only ones with that monopoly on nukes, being Joe Biden, nobody agrees with that. Because Maybe we should give the nukes to like, the priests and the popes and the things like that. No. <laughs> yeah, but still. But anyway, but on a practical level, Michael Sinello explains to to get to, just to have in possession a nuclear bomb, it would cost you like billions of dollars and yeah. like a hundred years of research with a thousand PhDs on your team. So who actually has it at their disposal? Again, right. Except government. Right. right. That's exactly what I've tried to say to him. Yep. They're impossible to attain just because the, the nuclear material, plutonium or whatever it is, would kill you. Like you would die to get exposed to it unless you had like a billion tremendous scientists or a lot of scientists working for you and billions of dollars in research and, you know, the, the cement, you know, laboratories yeah. and walls and boxes to right. contain it. So, like, nobody, it, it's not realistic to say, oh, but everyone will have nukes. Um, like, it, it's, it's so impossible to get for the average person. Um, it doesn't make sense. But, but in, in the Pocket Guide to Killing Gun Control, one of my most recent books, I address this and I say all weapons in existence, everything that exists should be available to every person, especially if governments have it. Everything should be available. It's supposed to be an even playing field. That's natural rights in principle, and that's what the founders wanted, and that's what they wrote in the Second Amendment. Officials in Utah, in a Utah community, weren't fans of a skeleton pole dancing on city property last week. <laughs> and that's just such a funny sentence. I'm sure plenty of people were big fans of that. Yeah, yeah it's that's pretty funny. It says the city of Grantsville, in a since-deleted Facebook post, they're probably getting a bunch of hate or just like people laughing at the bottom. I honestly, that is my favorite thing to do on Facebook is troll police because yeah. sometimes they make it so easy and it always just warms my heart when I go to the comment section and there are people and even like sometimes like the New Hampshire police too, like Manchester police, whatever, and there will be people dragging them through the mud just like you should either like really like judging them like I can't believe you're harassing these people like right. you should be ashamed of yourself or like this is a huge joke I you know like when they when they pose in front of like you know an an ounce of weed and like a hundred bucks or like something really stupid and, right. and people are just like completely trashing them it's just it's really it's really wonderful to see I think it's a really good thing to do too like Lots of people like to say, like, oh, Internet isn't activism. Maybe not if it's the only thing you're doing. But I think that it's um, a really important thing to do because the Internet, social media is now basically public forum. Like, we don't really have, like, m the middle of town where people go out and yell things. We have Facebook and, but, and things like that now. And you have access to, um, to, like, millions, if not billions of people on the Internet. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, to yeah. me, like... Even commenting on stuff on Facebook, I mean, you could change somebody's mind. Like, exactly. I think that is absolutely a form of activism. And, and I'm thinking important. of um, Carrie Wendler. I think that's her name. She makes um, these like Instagram reels. Like shorts, yeah. Yep. And they're just like really quick, great 
information and she posts, you know, like she cites her sources and stuff like that, like where she's getting the information from. But it's like a very like easy to like easy to read or like easy to listen to digestible like you can just send it to your mom or your brother or your cousin like your friend whoever and it could really change their mind and and even just educate them about something that they might not hear anywhere else so stuff like that i mean like that is absolutely a form of activism in my opinion like imagine if somebody is considering becoming a cop they're like oh i don't know what i'm gonna do i guess i'll become a cop and then they see Anytime it pops up on their social media, they see cops being bullied and they're like, oh, I don't want to be like lame. I don't want to be like the those people. And uh, I don't want to get made fun of for doing my job. So I'm not going to become a cop like that's great. And, and just like changing the public's opinion in general. I think it's great and important. And also the stuff. Um, it's important to help people change their minds, even if it feels like they're about to die. <laughs> well, um, the city of Grantsville in a since-deleted Facebook post, demanded that a Halloween display be stripped from a street sign. So my question <laughs> is, was the sign covered? Could people still see the sign? Hmm, I'm sure that they could. Or else they would probably have said something about that, you know? Yeah. Um, oh. I'm con- oh, I can't see. I, I just got a picture, but I couldn't oh. see the um, actual stop sign. But this one, it looks like it's in his yard. Like, hmm. it doesn't... It doesn't even look like it's on a stop sign. It's oh, on well, a they pole. they did move it. They moved it. Oh, so, okay. So they moved it to their yard. I mean, it's hilarious. It says That's that, great. Um, the display featured a skeleton working city property like a pole. What does that even mean? While other skeletons tossed money and watched from nearby folding chairs. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty That's hilarious. hilarious. They have, they have abs- like you have flashing have lights and the whole bit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Um, quote, displays like this are not acceptable as it is against city code to attach anything to a street sign, unquote. That's what the post said. And um, the post noted that city officials would remove the display if the person responsible didn't take it down by 9 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, they had to make like a big deal out of it instead of just going and removing it. The person behind the display moved it before the city's deadline and reportedly used it as an opportunity to step up their decoration game, too. Moving on, I have this article that Ian also told me about and uh, said it'd be pretty good show prep. It's from the Wall Street Journal, and I think it's pretty, honestly, to me, pretty disturbing. Basically, teens want parents to track their phones and monitor their every move. Whoa. That's (laughs) That's actually... um... That's a little strange. I mean, I thought teens are wanting more privacy but you'd I think so uh my mom has my location on my phone huh you crazy teen <laughs> see i like that though because i'm like and even uh one of my close friends her boyfriend has uh her location on her phone and he's texted me before we were at my sister's house who like we're notoriously has like zero phone reception and he texted me and was like hey um, you know, I know this person is supposed to be with you. Is she safe? Whatever. Um, and for them, it's a safety, a safety thing. Mm-hmm. So and, and it's not like a weird like stalker thing or like overbearing or controlling. Um, it makes her feel safe and it makes him feel comforted <laughs> that um, he knows, you know, that where she is and where she's safe. Um, but I'm surprised that teenagers want their parents want that. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would want that when I, I was a teenager. Wouldn't. Um now I'm like, I don't care if my mom knows where I am. And sometimes she'll text me funny things like, what do you do? Like one time I was in New York City randomly and she's like, what are you doing in New York City? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's a little 
creepy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm doing in New York City. Yeah, you know? it's different if it's a. Um, I mean, it, it it seems to be consensual because the teens want it either way. But yeah, I used to have it with my boyfriend because he was a side of the road. Um, internet cable splicer. Yeah. And he was somewhere different all the time. And um, it was like slightly for safety. Also, just like if he wanted me to bring him something. It's easier. It would be so hard to find him otherwise. Yeah. It's like he'd be in the middle of nowhere. And we just kept it like that all the time. It, it was like less. Im- but yeah, it's more normal when it's like a relationship thing. And it's right. what well, I mean, it can be toxic in a relationship. Like I've heard right. of. Oh, yeah. um, I don't it, know if you guys know what air be. tags are. Yep. No. It's an Apple device that you can attach to like a backpack or whatever to kind of, if you lose it, you can track it with your phone. Right. I've heard of people that were accusing their significant others of cheating or suspecting them of cheating or whatever. Um, And they'd put them in their cars or in their trunks or whatever to like track where they're going. So obviously stuff like that, like where it's non-consensual, like... Mm. Or or, uh, putting it on their phone and they don't know maybe. Like, Like it does have the possibility for misuse. So, yep. I mean, if you have a phone, the government knows where you are. But yeah, I just I think Ian um, was a little disturbed by this article because he just thinks that like kids have gone weird. <laughs> that's, that's basically what's interesting about it. it says teen. This is from the Wall Street Journal, by the way. It says teenagers have long balked at telling parents where they are. Now they're asking their parents to track them. Every generation experiences its sets of traumas. But social media and real-time news with vivid images about the pandemic, war, and other disasters have heightened these anxieties among young people. And lots of them are closer to their parents than previous generations have been. Members of Gen- I don't know if that's true. I don't know if any of this is true. Like, I don't believe any of this. Hmm. It's an interesting story, nonetheless. I mean, I mean, maybe the coming... Maybe the teenagers are traumatized because, you know... We've been dealing with a collectively traumatizing world for centuries, and now it's just really coming to a head. It seems like. Yeah, I'd like to see where they get the like get their idea from. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.